0: Bonjour à toutes et à tous, bienvenue à l'ESAV. Donc ce premier événement de, du programme de 154 Forum, Ted Jones en contexte, remarques et idées sur le cinéma. Et donc le tout début de notre programmation dans le cadre de, de 154 Forum. Cet événement fait suite à un workshop qui s'est tenu avec un groupe d'étudiants ici à l'ESAV. Un workshop intitulé « Ted Jones, un poète tricontinental ». Ce titre faisant référence à un texte, une interview entre Skip Gates et Ted Jones qui qui a été publié en 1975 dans la revue Transition. Donc en fait l'idée avec ce workshop c'était d'avoir un un temps en amont de de l'événement ici à l'ESAV avec les étudiants pour ouvrir une multitude de points de réflexion autour de, de Ted Jones et des films documentaires et d'archives dont vous allez voir certains passages ce soir. Tout d'abord, avant de commencer, je souhaitais donner plus d'éléments de contexte par rapport à cette édition, deuxième édition de Forum à Marrakech. Je suis très heureuse d'être ici à l'ESSAV ce soir et de poursuivre le travail et la réflexion qui a été enclenché par Omar Berada dans le cadre de la première édition de Forum. Donc très honoré de, de poursuivre ce que Omar a commencé ici, dans le contexte de l'école, mais aussi à Marrakech avec Forum. Donc le titre de cette édition de Forum cette année est « Let's play something, let's play anything, let's play ». Le programme de Forum transpose la vie et l'œuvre du surréaliste africain-américain, peintre, musicien de jazz et poète Ted Jones, qui est né en 1928 et qui est mort en 2003. Il transpose donc euh, ces aspects dans le contexte du Maroc. Ted Jones a vécu euh, au Maroc et plus tard au Mali à partir des années 60. Il a officiellement rejoint le mouvement surréaliste en 1963 avec la publication de son alphabet Surreal qui euh, prenait la forme d'un collage qui était intitulé « X after Malcolm » publié dans la revue La Brèche, Accent Surréaliste 5 introduit lui-même par le surréaliste Robert Benayoun. Ted Jones envisageait le surréalisme comme un point de vue, comme un mode de vie qui qui était mêlé et et en coexistence avec le jazz, le quotidien, la vie quotidienne. Il percevait également le le surréalisme comme un outil légitime afin de combattre le racisme et le colonialisme. Au-delà de ces aspects liés au programme général de, de, de forum, nous avons la programmation de la programmation de forum, la majorité de la programmation qui se tient à la Mamounia, et, et nous avons décidé aussi de dialoguer, et de s'inscrire et partager nos réflexions avec trois institutions dans la ville de Marrakech, donc les SAV où nous sommes aujourd'hui, euh, le musée Saint-Laurent, à l'occasion d'une conférence de l'historienne de l'art Vaninagere sur le travail de Kara Walker, et également le 18, qui est un espace d'art euh, indépendant dans la Medina de Marrakech, dans lequel euh, se déroulera le dernier événement de, de forum intitulé Jazz is My Religion, euh, dans lequel, euh, lors duquel le collectif Untitled, qui est un collectif de duo, qui a un duo de curateurs. Euh, Basé à Marrakech, euh, réalisera une intervention en réponse au film euh, Jazz and Poetry du, euh, du cinéaste néerlandais Louis van Gasteren. Donc, euh, je tenais aussi euh, tout d'abord à, à remercier Vincent Mélili ainsi que toute l'équipe de l'Essave d'accueillir cet événement ce soir. Remercier également les étudiants qui ont participé avec moi cet après-midi au workshop. Euh, je remercie également notre sponsor The American Friends of the Arts in North Africa Foundation pour son soutien à Forum ainsi que toute l'équipe de la Foire 154 et en particulier Olivia Peterson qui est assistante curatoriale de, de Forum pour son aide euh, qui a été précieuse. Euh, je tenais particulièrement à remercier euh, Laura Corsiglia pour son aide très précieuse et qui est une personne sans qui cet événement n'aurait pas pu avoir lieu, car c'est elle qui nous a généreusement ouvert son archive en Californie, qui est aussi l'archive de Ted Jones, qui contient les extraits de films que vous allez voir ce soir à Marrakech. Je tenais également à mentionner que ce dialogue avec Laura Corsiglia qui était aussi euh, très très précieux dans, dans ce contexte. Euh, ce dialogue avec Laura nous a permis de, de digitaliser en fait euh, un certain nombre de films euh, documentaires qui sont pour la plupart des années 90 qui ont été euh, tournés aux Etats-Unis et dans, dans lesquels on peut voir Ted Jones dans différents contextes, universités, librairie salle de conférence lire ses poèmes, mais aussi parler de, de son travail et de son œuvre. Donc un, un grand merci à, à Laura Corsiglia qui nous a permis de, d'accéder à cette archive, de digitaliser ces films qui étaient à la base dans, dans des cassettes. Et de, et de pouvoir, euh, voilà, euh, extraire euh, ce, ces archives et, et les rendre disponibles pour la première fois ici au Maroc. Donc, euh, pour poursuivre euh, là-dessus, je pense qu'il y avait une nécessité de, de débuter forum avec, euh, avec euh, cette question des archives, la question de... Quels éclairages peuvent être apportés par rapport à Ted Jones, mais aussi au surréalisme de manière plus, plus globale et à l'histoire de l'art Et l'intention est vraiment de parler aujourd'hui à partir du Maroc, avec notre contexte, notre histoire, nos histoires, mais aussi de les faire s'entrecroiser avec des récits et des positions qui nous permettent de créer un dialogue De parler, depuis, de parler depuis ici et de créer des liens et des alliances avec ce que l'on nomme communément le Global South. Ramener Ted Jones dans le contexte marocain fournit un terrain riche pour discuter des récits entrecroisés crois, entre du surréalisme en Afrique et dans sa diaspora. Ted Jones est né le 4 juillet 1928 aux Etats-Unis, le même jour que Robert Denno, Benjamin Perret et Louis Armstrong. Et il est mort en 2003 à Vancouver. Ted Jones, c'est une figure capitale du mouvement surréaliste de ces dernières années. Pour lui, le surréalisme était donc son mode de vie. Il fait irruption, donc comme je l'indiquais, dans le, il fait son irruption officielle dans ce mouvement en 1963, en lien avec la revue La Brèche numéro 5. Il est présenté par Benayoun comme né au Caire en 1928 dans l'Illinois et il est aussi présenté comme le seul et unique authentique surréaliste noir de la génération hip en Amérique. Il a côtoyé les dieux du jazz que sont Thelenus Monk, et il lisait ses poèmes dans des cafés, des librairies, des universités, parfois dans des galeries d'art, et il jouait aussi de la trompette. Il a composé de nombreux collages, parmi lesquels sont alphabet surreal, et a appelé son fils Thor Lumumba. Il a réalisé tout au long de sa vie des cadavres exquis, des peintures, des collages et a expérimenté la forme du film-poème. Cette soirée, donc, à est pensée comme une occasion unique de découvrir des films rares dans lesquels Ted Jones apparaît. Comme je l'indiquais, ils ont été réalisés pendant la période des années 1990 dans une veine documentaire. Le matériel que vous allez voir aussi est donc un matériel d'archives qui vient juste d'être digitalisé et qui a aussi une une esthétique qui est relativement brute. Les films que vous allez voir ne contiennent aucun sous-titre, aucun texte, aucun élément, de, aucun élément clair et rationnel qui permettrait de les localiser dans le, l'espace, mais aussi dans le temps. Donc, Ayant effectué des recherches approfondies sur Ted Jones depuis à peu près un an et demi, j'ai choisi de présenter une sélection de ses films qui soulèvent de nombreuses questions aujourd'hui, notamment sur le rôle que tiennent les archives dans la création de discours, mais aussi dans la compréhension des récits historiques. Ces films documentaires nous poussent également à réfléchir et à apprendre sur différents angles d'analyse et des perspectives sur les processus d'archivage des films documentaires archivés et leur utilisation à des fins de projets culturels contemporains, comme aujourd'hui dans le contexte de Forum. Dans tout ce processus de construction de Forum, il y avait une approche qui résulte de mon parcours d'historienne de l'art, avec une volonté claire de favoriser la recherche, sortir des sentiers battus de l'histoire de l'art. Donc comme je l'indiquais, il y a eu tout ce processus et dialogue avec Laura Corsiglia, et ce processus de digitalisation de, de ces films documentaires. Et il était important pour moi que, que Forum soit aussi ce levier pour stimuler la recherche et mettre en lumière des récits qui sont peu connus du surréalisme et de l'histoire d'une perspective africaine, africaine africaine-américaine et marocaine. Ce travail est donc révélé ici au Maroc et nous sommes très heureux de le mettre à disposition dans le contexte de l'ESAV, de cette école. A partir de ces neuf films documentaires que nous avons digitalisés, j'ai réalisé une sélection de quatre films dont j'ai décidé de montrer des extraits pour chacun d'entre eux. Le processus de sélection des films était dans la veine du surréalisme avec un esprit de liberté, intuition, croisement de références et éléments hétérogènes et irrationnels. Ces films d'archives présentés pour la première fois au public proviennent donc de l'archive de Laura Corsiglia en Californie. Les films que nous allons voir euh, révèlent aussi une manière de lire les poèmes chez Ted Jones qui était assez singulière. Il ne mémorisait pas les poèmes, mais il les lisait, à l'exception du poème The Truth, qui était le seul poème qu'il connaissait par cœur. Vous verrez aussi dans ses films documentaires que Ted Jones parle beaucoup au public. Ces temps de parole avec le public euh, étaient pour Ted Jones qu'il nommait les « asides », les « à côté ». Ces « à côté » étaient du texte qu'il disait et qui était hors du poème, comme une sorte de paratexte libre et improvisé. Ainsi, on comprend que Ted Jones est très ancré dans le mouvement du spoken word qui veut dire littéralement mot parlé et une façon très particulière d'oraliser un texte, que ce soit un texte poétique ou un autre type de texte. Dans le mouvement spoken word, il y a bien souvent un aspect de collaboration ou d'expérimentation avec d'autres formes artistiques comme le théâtre, la danse ou bien la musique. Le spoken word dont Ted Jones faisait partie se concentre essentiellement sur les mots eux-mêmes, la dynamique et le ton de la voix, les expressions, mais aussi les gestes. Dans les extraits de films que vous allez voir, nous voyons bien que Ted Jones avait une façon très directe de parler à son public, une spontanéité, et j'espère qu'en visionnant ces films, vous saisirez que Ted Jones nous invite aussi à participer à un univers de complexité, à ne pas choisir un seul univers. Les questions principales qui sont suggérées entre les lignes, via le, via le prisme de Ted Jones et son rapport au cinéma et à la poésie, sont les suivantes. Que nous apprend Ted Jones sur le rôle des archives dans la création du discours et des récits historiques Quels récits décentrés et extra-occidentaux du surréalisme son art nous révèlent-ils que nous, que nous disent, dans le temps présent, ces films par rapport à l'héritage afro-américain d'un point de vue artistique et politique Que pouvons-nous apprendre du processus d'archivage des films et de leur utilisation dans, à des fins de projets culturels contemporains Cette question aussi sera problématisée et envisagée de manière plus globale dans le contexte de 154 Forum, un programme discursif et éducatif qui pense dans le contexte du Maroc la question de l'africanité et de ses diasporas, en introduisant des débats et des relectures qui semblent urgents et pertinents. Dans cette constellation large et complexe, Que pouvons-nous penser aujourd'hui de, de ces récits historiques et, et quel est, le, quel est la qu'est-ce qui nous révèle particulièrement aujourd'hui au Maroc en 2019 J'espère aussi qu'en visionnant ces films, vous saisirez que pour Ted Jones, le surréalisme est un courant comme l'océan qui existe dans le monde. Il encapsule différentes façons de contribuer et de co-créer dans le monde. Pour lui, la pratique de la poésie et l'écriture de poèmes concordaient avec le, avec le fait de vivre dans un état de poésie. Et c'est un aspect très important. Euh, Jones avait une passion pour l'expérience directe des lieux, des personnes et des poèmes. La vie est, 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 est comme un poème vécu et activé qui permet une libération à la fois personnelle et collective. Donc Le premier euh, extrait de film que nous allons... Euh, Que nous allons visionner est une, une lecture de, de poésie et une, une table ronde qui s'est tenue au The Young Museum Beat Culture Exhibit à San Francisco en 1996. Euh, la documentation et la production du film euh, sont euh, ont été réalisés par Cloud House Poetry Archives à San Francisco et, euh, et la caméra est, est tenue par SS Kusch. Donc ce film-là a été tourné à la fin des années 90 à San Francisco. On voit Ted Jones qui est en, en train de lire plusieurs poèmes, euh, dont euh, Why I Should Sell Paris, qui est dédié un poème qui est dédié à l'un de ses amis surréalistes, Robert Benayoun. Aux côtés de Leroy Jones, Amiri Baraka, Bo- ainsi que Bob Kaufman, Ted Jones a, a façonné euh, la notion de « black beat poetry ». Donc cet, cet extrait fait euh, une vingtaine de minutes.
1: Poems, Funky Beat Jazz Poems, published by New Direction Books, 1954, Rhino Press. Second publication, All of Ted Jones No More, 1957, Eugene Rungmonk, Martin Geisler Publishers. The Hipsters, Book of Collage and Prose, a black humor, visual commentary on the beat generation, praised by Langston Hughes, 1961, Corinth Brooks, Ted Lentz Editor. Publicity in Life, Holiday, Time, Sepia, Confidential Magazines, and others, John Crosby TV show about hipsterism, Red a night in Cafes Wa, Bazaar, and Gaslight on lucrative weekends due to influx of tourists and curious college (laughs) coeds. Exhibited on 10th Street with the painters of the Abstract Expressionist Movement, one of the founders of the Phoenix Gallery that included Red Grooms, Jay Milder, first black among the 10th Street group of artists with Ed Clark. Lived on St. Mark's Place, ran the gallery Fantastique, had painting studio Cooper Union and Astor Place. In the latter location, hosted actress Elizabeth Taylor, Joe Mankiewicz, Patti Chayefsky. Hired by Fred McDera to read beat poems during his rent-a-beatnik insult on in the upper bourgeois, who paid to be put down by poetry. <laughs> Saved some <laughs> sum of God dollars to graduate from the USA to continue enlightening poem life in Africa and Europe, where met. Andre Breton, Marcel Duchamp, M.A. Césaire, Man Ray, Toyen, William Burroughs, Michel Lery, Malcolm X, Albert Ayler, Laura, Paul and Jane Bowles, Francis Bacon, Albert Nicholas, Joyce Mansour, Jean-Paul Saut, Song-Yu, Wilfredo Lan, Roland Penrose, Conrad Klapchik, Gale Research Reference Book, African-American Poets After 1955, The Beat Scene, McDerra by Eli Wentz, Kerouac and Friends, McDera and Morrow Publishers, Bird, The Legend of Charlie Parker, and City Lights Journal, Volume 1, Number 1 in San Francisco, and 36 collections of poetry published, and great resume, Ted Jones. <laughs>
2: Learned that a long time ago, back in the, the old battle days. Okay. This poem is dedicated to all the people who have never. see a man walking down a crowded street talking aloud to himself. Don't run in the opposite directions, but run towards him, for he is a poet. You have nothing to fear from the poet, but the truth. This bit of truth I'm going to read now. There's some of my worthy constituents in the house like Hedy she knows about this poem, even though she perhaps never heard it. And then there are those that should hear it, because um, it's called I Too at the Beginning. It was published in Long Shot Magazine, volume six. I'm the early black beat. I read with some of the best beat minds when the apple was beet generating. I lived in Greenwich Village. It was there where I read poems and painted poetry, whilst worthy constituents dwelled elsewhere. It was me, myself, and I who created the original graffiti, Bird Lives. I wheeled and wheeled in coffee shops way back when. Especially on lucrative weekends, I read to tourists and squares, I wanted to change and transform the minds of conventional Americans. Yesteryear, at the beginning there were only three darker brothers born beat and hyper and Kaufman, Jones and Jones amongst the white beatniks, who had big publishers but little bank accounts. Nevertheless, I confess we three black beats had neither. Yet we like Christmas addicts, like Christmas addicts, like Christmas addicts, were right there at the beginning. But big bread publishers ignored us, and even established small press made harmful fun or shunned us. We were invisible men, as Ralph Ellison had said. Invisible on the west coast, invisible too on the east coast. Institutional racism was, amongst the beats, merely benign neglect. Nonetheless, I still confess, we three also swam America. I'm reading, that's a, a more recent thing. I'll read, I'm reading just, Put uh, me on here for a moment. 20 minutes, you know, and stay too long, you know, I don't like to stay too long. In the <laughs> old days, and it was, we were influenced a lot by Apollo, it was like, if the Apollo, you get up and to stay too long, and people start doing like this, and guys run out, they run your butt off. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, some people do that, it's like, you know, a guy on his first day, he does it. You know. Okay, I'm still... Someone wanted me to read the 38, but I don't have the book. The 38 was a poem I wrote a long time ago, when I, before I graduated from Harlem. And, uh, I had a teacher up there by the name of Bad Gonzales. If you haven't heard of Bad Gonzales, it's not your fault, it's your mother's. <laughs> Why I say that, because that's the hippest person in your family. That guy he called there, he's lucky to have run into her. <laughs>
0: Don't believe it, check
2: it out. <laughs> yeah. Langston Hughes' last book was called Ask Your Mama. That's right. Okay. I'm looking for something. I, uh, I'll read this. Paul, I have to read it for him. Because he, uh, he gave me a beautiful book that was made in China, and he said, "Write a poem for us." This poem. And the title of this poem is "The Month April on Paris Canvas for Bob Kaufman." It was the first, but no April fool ruled. For the first was. Nicole Goldberg. Next day, there were several word worthy souls squirming out into Holy Birthday, such as Emil Zola, Ed and that ambitious, fast talking woman, and Afterbeat Walden. Atherby. Third, bore one Washington Irvin, and then came the fourth of April, spewing out of an angry Uruguay, South America flame volcano fame to razor edge, vagina jaws burst forth Isidore Ducas, the one and only Comte L'Artremont. And fast forward 50 years later after L'Artremont, Romania played daddy to Dada's big daddy Tristan Zara on the sixth beauty out of Britain, Lenore Carrington. On the seventh, Utopian Charles Fourier. On the ninth, big Charles, old Charlie Baudelaire, bearing bouquets of Fleur du mal. On the 13th, Samuel the Beckett one bounced forth. On the 13th, on on the Samuel the Beckett one bounced forth. On the 17th, Thornton Wilder wiggled out in April. Then came the 18th day that 18th of April day, the great day in the morning day, the New Orleans Hebrew homebrew hallelujah day, the urban aristocratic voodoo with kosher juju day, the Ellington do nothing till you hear it from me day, the big black daddy bold and wearing tailgate trombone day. That bronze, beige, and toasted brown bowl leg bagel egg day. The red beans and rice with some with so called and in, in the so called niggers were nice day. The yester year of state. Blistering, strange fruit of America, 1925—that year of Eeny, Meeny, Unmighty Jew, part of you. That year of Louis Armstrong's Hot Five, way up north did blue. You had the, you had the humor, even way back then, being able to utilize the ability to laugh. Laugh and laugh to keep from crying. You had always carried an unconcealed switchblade tongue. You with solitude's crowd with loneliness. And yet, April 18, 1925, was merely your beginning. And yet, paddle wheel steamboats went around their bends as you were winning at the gambling table of poetry. Not even Ezra Knight, not even Ezra's Knight of April 19, would pay such high stakes as you of April in 1925, just as you, April was quite a crowded month for Poet's Day of Birth, but then came the 23rd of April. Genius erupted upon the earth, the loudest lava flow ever in England. William Shakespeare, he who asked to be or not to bow. Centuries later, it was you that answered, and then you asked, why are all black lives white?
1: And said,
2: one thing is certain, I'm not white. You were thankful for that, because as you further said, it makes everything else bearable. You, who forewarn the future, I hope that when machines finally take over, they won't build men that break down as soon as they are paid for. You <laughs> sung your you your heavy water blues, blue slanted into blueness, you told on you told on Apollinaire by letting the world know Apollinaire never heard Bird, never woke up beside Bessie Smith or a moonwalker. You challenged him to stagger drunk from his grave and write. You, the first abominus, as the token spade, as the token spade to be published and dug by the lily-white, male city lights, perfidious democratic press you bob calver who you bob Calvin, who wore the beat nick laurel first you who they chronicle as a put down the very original label beat nick you who they adored when you suffered or made them loudly derisively laugh you, Bob Calvin, humankind's ancient reign, the Christmas addicts of America's international poetry. You made af- April on and on beyond a month. You amongst the Frisco first who generated with modern jazz beat. You came on this scene and you came on as a ubiquitous golden sardine. You paid an you paid unnecessary dues in green villages and California bohemian. bohemia. Bob Calvin, the man, Bob Calvin, the poet. May he, as ancient rain, pour down a generous torrential, general, general torrential poesy, and all over this globe before and after all April. I spend a great deal of time on the continent of Africa, and I travel around. It's the second largest continent in the world, and sometimes I'm there in April. I pour libation for Bob Calvin. Bob Calvin is very important to you, but you, a lot of you, you like him when he's suffering. There's a picture with Bob with something on his head; looks like he's bleeding or something. Wow, what a great picture. That's what she said. You know, you like to glamorize and romanticize, you know, the same thing. You know, bird, man, you're sticking in the needle, sniffing, and no, no. Bird, suicided by the society. And I was talking to Ginsberg the other day. He says, no more shit. Right I said, that's right, Ellen. Survive. So, Utilize. You don't have to have that romantic bit. There's a movie on now, Jean-Michel Basquiat. It's a good movie, but there is a little insidious thing going on. Like, he couldn't be that way if he wasn't stoned. I've been on Earth for 68 years. I'll do like one of my youngest girlfriends did. She lived to be 101. That was Francis Delors. More romanticism. Okay. I had to read that for Bob. And, oh yeah. I spent a great deal of time using different cities as bases. Uh, People say, oh, you live in Paris. No, I had a base there, I had a nest. And uh, I have a nest now in Seattle, Washington. From their nest, is a geopolitical nest to be able to go to Asia. I've never been to Asia, so Laura and I, we must go to Asia and see what's there because the world is home for us. It's like a big, you know, big apartment house, you know, you visit every place. Now I hope to go to Asia to see it and meet the people and some of the food. And, and uh, that's it. But this is, I wrote this while I was living in the city. It's a wonderful city, a beautiful city. They're killing it with pollution and high prices. And that city is called Paris. It's called Why Shall Sell Paris. And it's dedicated to one of my surrealist friends, Robert ben and, uh, well, OK. Seifu-nu-pah-bu, a lipless, cruel mouth arrogantly said, so now my mind is made up. I shall sell Paris. Yes, you heard correct. I shall sell Paris. I shall sell Paris to the highest bidder from the farthest land with the strongest currency, yet I shall not sell Paris to Japan, but I shall sell Paris. I shall sell Paris, all its arrondissements, all its famous and infamous monuments, all its theatres its spectacles, all its cabaret artistique, all its gay patrie, attraction impossible principal cinéma, with all those jive-ass do-nothing waiters, waiters, ushers demanding money as you enter, all its église catholique et chapelle étranger, tous. I shall sell Paris, all its saint this and saint that, including Saint Germain that preys upon the tourists and the unhip. I shall sell Paris. I shall sell Paris. I shall sell Paris maintenant aujourd'hui. I shall sell Paris. Buy it now from me. I'm selling. I shall sell the entire metro system, including those swishy, rubber-tired, rapid trains and those cartes d'oranges tossed in. I shall sell the entire, I shall sell the metro controllers, whose parents should have aborted them, I can keep only the Guimard metro entrances, for they belong to me. I shall sell Paris, I shall sell Paris. What a good deal. Don't miss your chance. This is too good to pass up, the buy of the century. It's, it's actually a rip-off at such a price. I shall sell Paris, I shall sell Paris every hotel, large and small, short and tall, expensive all, with those, well, those wall-to-wall concierges meddling, tossed in. I shall sell Paris, I shall sell Paris, I shall sell Paris all of its facultés, école superieure, et institutes, institute, etc. all its ridiculous bureaucracies and outdated official procedures. I shall sell all its tree-lined boulevards. I shall sell all the flower markets and all the bird markets. I shall sell every French flea in the overpriced flea market. I shall sell Paris. I shall sell Paris. I shall sell all the dogs and their sidewalks accented in mad way, May oui, mon ami. Ça c'est le vrai Paris. I shall sell every trottoir. I shall sell Paris. I shall sell Paris. All the speeding cars, mobilettes, and camions, and motorbikes. I give you the chance of a lifetime. Do not be shy, here's Paris. Buy. I shall sell the entire city of Paris. I shall sell. I'm serious, I'm selling. I shall only keep the stone pedestal, of Charles Fourier Clichy. I shall only keep the Pont des Arts and Tour Saint-Jacques, all for me. I shall sell Paris. Oui, oui, mes amis, I'm selling Paris. Yes, it's the very best buy. I shall sell Paris, all its fallen arches and arches of triumph. I shall sell Paris all its awful towers and Eiffel Tower. I shall sell Paris all its cemeteries and other light deforms. I shall sell Paris all Montmartre, Montparnasse, Mont- Montreux, Montreux, Montreux. Montreux, Montsouci, ah, I shall sell Paris la cincième, I shall sell all the trashy, pretentious bourgeoisie moules et coutons. I shall sell every jardin, car, parking lot, parking place. I shall sell the Bois de Boulogne and Jardin, Luxembourg, plus those 600 stupid, voodoo men that haunt those places. I shall sell Paris, I shall sell Paris, I shall sell the biggest giant boulevard in the world, the Champs-Élysées, I shall sell every bridge that <coughs> double crosses the river Sand. I shall sell you the river Sand, if you you're insane enough to drink it. I shall sell you the millions of greedy pigeons and clever sparrows. I shall sell you the empty zoo since all the animals shall be set free. I shall sell all the wine in plastic containers and I shall keep the wine in the traditional glass bottles with cart stoppers for me. I shall sell Paris, I shall sell Paris, I shall sell all those self service and snack bars including the North African ones. I shall sell those ridiculously priced clothing boutiques. I shall sell all the bookshops that look like cosmetic shops. I shall sell the port, I shall keep the port book shop, bookshops for myself, Shakespeare and Company. I shall sell Paris, I shall sell Paris, I shall sell the Vendôme, Assemblée Nationale, Le Sénat, Bastille, Bourse, Sorbonne, Place de la Concorde, yet without the obvious, it shall be returned to Luxor in Egypt. I shall sell Paris, I shall sell Paris, I shall sell Paris today, this hour, at this very minute. by now, écoutez-moi mes frères et mes mesdames et messieurs, achetez Paris, vive la France, by buying Paris. Yes, I'm putting your sincerity to test. I shall sell Paris. Even to someone that is stupid, insane, or unknown, I shall sell Paris. I shall sell every cafe with all those arrogant waiters, garçons, méchants. I shall sell all the bâtiments the meubles, the gracielles, old and new. I shall sell Port d'Italie, Port d'Angleterre, Port Orléans. So open up your Port money. Buy Paris, hurry now, catch this bargain. I shall sell Paris, I shall sell Paris, I shall sell Paris. You cannot go wrong by buying Paris. French currency is strong. So buy Paris. I shall sell Paris, I shall sell Paris. Voulez-vous, would you like to stay buy right away? Gay Paris, sorry for you, vous êtes en retard. Dommage, you are too late, for Paris has been sold. <laughs>
0: Donc Le deuxième extrait que que nous allons visionner est une lecture de de poésie qui s'est tenue en 1992 à Seattle, au Elliott Bay Bookstore. Nous voyons dans cet extrait Ted Jones en train de lire son poème « The Truth », ainsi que d'autres poèmes issus de de son livre « Double Trouble » qui a été publié en, en 1992. Ted Jones lit également le poème The Night Before the Other Nights at Place Jem'Halfna qui a été écrit à Marrakech et dit à à Paul Bowles. Ted Jones euh, rend un hommage à à Paul Bowles au travers de de ce poème. Il rend aussi un hommage à à deux de ses euh, pères spirituels qui étaient Langston Hughes et André Breton. Dans le film, euh, il partage avec le public euh, cette pensée que je vais vous lire en anglais I write poems about things I love and things I hate and things with which I associate. Donc je vous laisse regarder les les deux extraits, le premier qui fait une quinzaine de minutes et le second qui est à peu près de 6 minutes. Merci.
3: actually in Europe where he is reading at uh, the Shakespeare and Company Bookstore uh, for the FIRE reading, uh, a most memorable assemblage of, uh, of literary folks reading there. Um, most of you here probably haven't had a chance to see or hear him read. Um, what we have had are uh, poems that have been included in anthologies, a number of books upstairs that have had his work in them, um, but... The performance is truly something to be uh, to be seen, and it's really a pleasure to have him all the way from Paris uh, to read here tonight. Um, the fact that Double Trouble, his most recent book, is not published in this country has made for some difficulties in getting them here to sell, but Ted graciously has brought copies uh, of his own, which he would be happy to sell uh, to you. Uh, so, We'll take care of that afterward, uh, over on the side, uh, after he gives this, uh, this reading. I'm not sure exactly what he's going to be doing, uh, but whatever it is, um, I'm sure it will, will, uh, will suit things. Um, he, uh, his writing is uh, very difficult to, to classify easily. I suppose he's often assigned the tag beat writer. Um, I think that deprives it of something of its immediacy and its contemporary energy. Um, this is a, a kind of poetry that uh, is rarely practiced in the United States. Um, and perhaps his, his vantage on things uh, gives it that energy. Um, it's easy to, to drift into lots of superlatives here, so I'll just stop here before I get up to my neck. Um, I don't know, do you want to take some questions, Ted, when you're done? Yes. Okay, he'll take some questions when he's done. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and then we'll go back over to the side to sign copies and and do whatever retail thing we're gonna do back there. So thanks all again for coming this evening uh, to what should be a remarkable uh, reading here uh, and join in giving a very warm welcome to Ted Jones. Well,
2: it's good to be back in the one of the uh, best bookshops for poets in the world. The Elliott Bay Bookshop, yeah. It's really, wherever I go, I tell the people about this. Uh, This first poem is the only poem that I'll recite. The others I will read, I don't remember them. This is the only one I memorized. It's called The Truth. If you should see a man walking down a crowded street talking aloud to himself. Don't run in the opposite direction, but run towards him, for he is a poet. You have nothing to fear from the poet but the truth. So now, okay, I'll, uh, I'll read. <clears throat> I'd like to. Uh, dedicate this evening um, to the the people that are that haven't forgotten and fighting against the Crystal Night, Crystal Knock. In about two weeks from now, I'll be in Berlin and uh, I have a uh, I sort of do like we did back in the beat generation. Sort of upset the people for what I will be saying. Uh, so that's it. This is crystal knock, you know. And uh, the people that are today fighting against it—that's uh, that's what it's about. And it's not. I mean, I have poems against it, but you must poems. You must act out. You know. People always ask me about poetry. I write poems about things I love and things I hate and things with which I associate. And uh, so uh, I have to, uh, I'm invited. And so I'll go and read in uh, in Berlin. And I hope some of the people with the hair like that will be there.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah,
2: see I, uh, after graduating from New York City, you know, night and day classes, streets, I'm ready for anything. <laughs> guys in Berlin. <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah, that's another thing. I'll drop them. I'll take some of the guys from the central part of Los Angeles and drop them <laughs> there. Stop it. Okay. Um. I'm going to read something from this new book. It's called Double Trouble. The French call it Double Trouble. <laughs> and uh, this actually this book was dreamed up by Hart LeRoy Bibbs. Hart Leroy Bibbs is a poet who um, the French know mostly by his uh, his photographs and a couple of his photographs, you know, one of Jimi Hendrix, one of Miles Davis. And uh, Bibbs came by Café Le Rouquet and says, I want to do a book, man. I said, yeah, he said, I want to do a book before I die. I said, you always talk about dying, man. Oh, speaking of dying, he, the only movie that you'll see him in, he is dying. It's a movie called Round, Round Midnight, and it opens up, and he's playing Herschel Evans, and he's lying there on the bed, and Dexter Garden walks in and says, Harris, you know, that. he, that's it. So... <laughs> Yeah, Hardly Roy Bibbs, you know, he'll, he'll outlive everybody in here, but you know, he's, he's paid a lot of dues and everything. Anyway, so he said, Well, you know, more people know your poetry than mine, man. I'd like to do a book with you. I said, you, I said My poems and yours? He said, Yeah. I said, It'll be double trouble. He said, That's the title. <laughs> so he, with uh, some of the uh, French fried Africans and Afri- and uh, French, they put out, they have a thing, Ultra Mare, and they, uh, put this out, and unfortunately they haven't arrived yet. There are eight copies that's here in Seattle and uh, it's double trouble, it's double price, and uh, because Roy Bibbs has uh, already inscribed it, and so with my signature on there, that, that's it. But if you want to wait until, until the Elliott Bay gets the copies, you'll be able to get it a wee bit cheaper. But it won't be inscribed. <laughs> okay, this first thing <clears throat> I'll read. This is a poem dedicated to a friend of mine who lives in Tangier. He's uh, one of the few Americans, people from the United States that lived in Africa for such a long time. His name is Paul Bowles. And if you haven't read him, you should. He's a, a classic. If you haven't read Sh- Sheltering Sky, get to it. And they have some of Paul Bowles' works here. And this is called The Other Nights at Place Jama Fana. I wrote this in Marrakesh, and it's dedicated to Paul Bowles. "'Twas the night before the other nights at Place Germain Fana, where the, la, where the last crowd of lost in all tourists were being led like pale pink sheep, when all of a sudden one of the big-footed Germanic tourists, not watching where he was walking, stepped on an old, tired-of-being-charmed serpent snake, big heavy foot on lazy head of uncharmed snake, crushing its skull, causing it to do the twist like dancers did last summer or the night before the other nights at Marrakesh's Place Jemafana, where a large, overloaded wagon was being pulled with great difficulty by an underfed, dirty donkey. The driver shouted as he drove through the crowd. He shouted clear and loud, Balak! Balek, Balek. But a large group of sunburned tourists not being led by an official guide, they did not understand what the word balak meant. So the donkey that was dirty, 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 so the heavy wagon that was over, over, over overloaded, so the driver yelling balak, 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 crashed right into the European common market tours, scattering them, knocking a few down, contaminating all with more than a few fleas. Not one was hurt seriously. After the accident was over, the donkey wiggled his ears. He let out a joyful bray. for now he seemed quite pleased, having given away most of his irritating fleas. Twas another night before the night at Marrakesh Jema El Fna. A strange a strange single tourist infested with cameras. Plenty of them, 20 of them, all loaded. They were with all sorts of fast film, slow film, color film, slide film, and video plus super eight film. He was ready, he was actually more than ready to use all his cameras. He had several augment the body transplants. He had gone through surgery in technocratic Japan these unusual additions to his body caused a great stir at Place Jamaa El Fanar, where many, many Moroccans came to shouf, which means to look, where many, many tourists came to look, shouf. The man with plenty of cameras was more than ready for action. He came to shoot first and shouf much later because his augment transplants were four additional arms. Everybody shoufed at him. Everybody looked at him, and I do mean everybody. The storytellers stopped telling stories to shoof. The acrobats tumbled down to the ground to shoof, shoof, look, look. The monkeys and their tamer stopped their monkey business to shoof, shoof, shoof. The fortune teller stopped foretelling the future to shoof, shoof, shoof. The great Gnawa black dancers silenced their rhythms to shoof, 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 shoof. All of a sudden at Place Jama El Fanah in Marrakesh Medina Center, all was silent because of the photographer with his six busy arms taking pictures, clicking here and clicking there, shooting this and clicking everywhere. All the people were staring at him, amazed. Even other tourists were looking at, or shoofing at him. They were all very busy, looking and looking and looking. They were united as lookers. They all therefore became shoofers. Yes, a new breed was born, shoofers. Twas that night before the other nights, when only the blind were not categorized as shoofers at Place Jemaa el Fna in Marrakesh about dream time. Twas still another night just before those other nights at Place Jama El Fana in Marrakesh when a man wearing a gray jalaba with the hood full of live frogs, these large frogs that this gray-bearded man had brought to be sold to a restaurant uptown in the Gilees, the gray-bearded man wearing the gray jalaba was content to be delivering his jalaba hood full of frogs, yet he was not fully pleased with himself because he was quite hungry that gray night of charcoal smoke amidst the outdoor stalls of cooking food at Place Shema El So the gray beard man clad in his gray jalaba sat himself down with his hood of large live frogs at one of the outdoor on the square cooking places. And as he sat down near a large herira pot out of his jalaba hood, leap, one of the large frogs into the boiling arira soup. In one great bound did that long-legged frog leap pop, was the only sound that was made. No one saw it do so in the gray, smoky, charcoal night. That was another night when a gray-bearded man wearing a gray jalaba with his hood full of live, large frogs lost one frog by one great leap into the boiling soup. It is said that on that night, no one tasted the difference in the soup. Twas just another remarkable night at Place Jama El Fana, Marrakesh, Medina, in the great city center, Marrakech, Morocco, night of nights, just before another night, each one different than all those days of yore, and even the nights to come. March 3rd, 1989, Marrakesh, Morocco. I expect some of the people here have been to uh, Marrakesh, and it's a, you know, I don't eat outside, you know. (laughs) I leave that to the people that that comes from California with that limited vocabulary. Wow, far out, too much. (laughs) Yes, they're usually south of here, down in California, that much. Wow, far out too much. Okay this next uh, poem I, uh, different from the, the you know the wild far out too much generation and the Dashika generation, uh, I, uh, I, I, I do my own thing but it's an our thing for me because I have, I had, I have, I had, I had two spiritual fathers, Langston Hughes, fortunately for America, he was born here. Andre Breton, fortunately for France, he was born there. And uh, those two men uh, helped shape the person that's up here on the stage tonight. They were my spiritual fathers. They were both born in February. Uh, uh, Langston Hughes was born in February the first. Breton was born February the 18th. And I met both men, I last saw the two of them in uh, Paris. They didn't know of each other. I don't think Breton ever, uh, knew of uh, Langston, but I remember I told Langston that uh, Andre Breton was dead, and he says, who, who is he? So he didn't know, but Langston, when he first went to uh, Paris, he worked on Rue Fontaine, and Breton lives uh, lived and has lived for, uh, since 1922 at number uh, 42 Rue Fontaine. And it's really strange that Langston Hughes was a dishwasher on Rue Fontaine at the same time that all the, the Surrealists were getting their thing together in 1924. And, and, and this is a poem about, about Breton here's a short one, it's called La Fiche La. All over Paris he looks out, an unbroken blue window. He is just as much inside as his vision is outside. Who but him would allow a dragonfly to alight and stay put on his forehead? All around Paris his image, even underground it is there, the blue view window scene, he outlooks the insiders. Some may wonder at times, Qui est le monsieur là Le poésie, l'amour et liberté. All the the metropolitan Paris can see, should see, and would see the various enchanted items exhibited in the top intestines of the refined refinery of Beaubourg until August. All the public shall look up at the huge image that half covers the unusual modern musée as it displays some sum of his history, and yet he is not there, for like his name in numbers, dixetres, that is now everywhere. He who said, "Je cherche l'or du ton," and uh, this last thing, I will uh, do, and then we can ask questions. This last thing is a poem I'd like to dedicate to everyone here. I, it's called in Russian. It's called "Pravda." In, in French, it's called la vérité, and in the USA, it's called the truth. If you should see a man walking down a crowded street, talking aloud to himself, don't run in the opposite direction, but run towards him, for he is a poet. You have nothing to fear from the poet but the truth. Thank you. Спасибо. Uh, <laughs> If you have any pertinent questions to ask, uh, uh, you can. You know, and I, I like questions I can say, yes, no. I have a good question, yes. here.
3: Um, It says in, uh, I was reading Ralph Ellison's Invisible Men, uh, he makes the, uh, I guess within the novel, he mentions that uh, blacks were outside the groove of history. And you being, uh, I guess, as you might say, an expatriate living in Paris, uh, it might be said or uh, explored that you were outside the outside group. Um, um, How did you, I mean, could it be said you might be, uh, all I wanna know is why you would leave America and I guess just take up residence in Paris with the things that are going on?
2: Okay, I'll answer it by this. It's like, almost like doing commercial, but (laughs) (laughs) it's here. Okay, it's called I the Graduate. It's on page nine of, I graduate and begin and attend and finally in time I graduate. I start at a point. I stay put until I learn the why, what, how, where, who, and when, and only then I graduate. Those bridges I don't burn. I graduate at the top, a much better being, having experienced that place, person, situation and thing. Now I can swing. I graduate and move on, upward again, wider and higher.
0: Le troisième euh, extrait que nous allons visionner date de 1998, euh, toujours à Seattle. Euh, Il s'agit d'une lecture de de poésie de Ted Jones, euh, aux côtés du, du bassiste Phil Sparks, qui s'est tenu à l'University of Washington Ethnic Cultural Center Theatre. Ted Jones aimait particulièrement euh, travailler et lire sa poésie euh, aux côtés de, de joue de, de bassistes. Euh, là particulièrement, vous verrez que c'est en tandem avec Phil Sparks, qui était l'un des bassistes euh, les plus importants de, de Seattle à cette époque-là. Ted Jones lit euh, à nouveau le poème euh, « The Night before the other night » à la place Fna. Dans un moment euh, très particulier qui, qui mêle poésie et musique. Les deux sont vraiment combinés et, et fusionnés. Phil Sparks emprunte euh, une partie de la chanson a "Night in Tunisia", qui était euh, une chanson écrite à l'origine par Dizzy Gillespie et euh, qu'il avait jouée avec euh, Charlie Parker. So, I'm
2: Uh, it's called The Other Nights at Place Jema Fana all those and we're going to do this we're going to borrow from another country John Burks Gillespie better known as Dizzy Gillespie (laughs) another person he's gone on He wrote a tune called "Night Tunisia,"
1: Mm
2: -hmm. and we're just going to borrow the bass part of "Night Tunisia" for this poem about Fostimah Benad, which is in Morocco. Mm
1: Night before the other nights
2: at Place Jama Fanon, where the last crowd of lost in all tourists were being led like pale pink sheep. When all of a sudden one of the big-footed Germanic tourists, not watching where he was walking, stepped on an old tired of being charmed serpent snake, a big heavy foot on lazy head of uncharmed snake, crushing its skull. Causing the snake to do the twist like dancers did last summer. On the night before the other night, nights at Marrakesh's Place Yamaha Fanat, where a large overloaded wagon was being pulled with great difficulty by an underfed, dirty donkey, the driver shouted as he drove through the crowd. He shouted clear and loud, Balek, Balek, Balek. With a large group of sunburned tourists, not being led by an official guide. They did not understand what the word balek meant. So the donkey that was dirty, 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 so the heavy wagon that was over, over, overloaded, so the driver yelling, balek, ballet, ballet" crashed right into the European Common Market tourists, scattering them, knocking a few down, contaminating all with more than a few fleas. No one was hurt seriously. After the accident was over, the donkey wiggled his ears. He let out a joyful brain, for now he seemed quite pleased, having given away most of his irritating fleas. <laughs> it was another night before that night at Marrakesh's Jemaa El fnaa A single tourist infested with cameras. Plenty of them, 20 of them, all loaded they were, with all sorts of fast film, slow film, color film, slide film, and video plus Super 8 film. He was ready. He was actually more than ready to use all his cameras. He had several augment the body transplants. He had gone through surgery in technocratic Japan. <laughs> These unusual additions to his body caused a great stir at Place Jamal El Fanad, where many Moroccans came to shoot look, where many, many tourists came to look shoot. The man with the plenty of cameras was more than ready for action. He came to shoot first and shoot much later because his augment transplants were four additional arms. Everybody shooed at him. Everybody looked at him. And I do mean everybody. The storytellers stopped telling stories to shoof, look. The acrobats tumbled down to the ground to shoof, shoof, look, look. The monkeys and their tamers stopped their monkey business to shoof, shoof, shoof. The fortune teller stopped foretelling the future to shoot, shoot, shoot. The great Ganao dancers silence their rhythms to shoot, shoot, shoot. All of a sudden at Kwas Jama El Fanat in Marrakesh Medina Center, all was silent because of the photographer with his six busy arms, taking pictures, clicking here and clicking there, shooting this and clicking everywhere. All the people were staring at him, amazed. Even other tourists were looking or shooping at him. They were all very busy looking and looking and looking. They were, they were, they were united as lookers. They all therefore became shoopers. Yes, a new breed was born, shoopers. T'was the night before the nights When only the blind were not categorized as chupers at Place Yama El in Marrakesh about dream time, about dream time. At Place Yama El Fanal, Marrakesh Medina in the great city center, Marrakesh of Morocco. Night of nights just before another night, each one different than all those days of yore and even nights to come. Oh, oh.
0: Le dernier extrait que, que l'on va visionner pour pour conclure sur sur cette programmation est une lecture de poésie qui s'est tenue à l'occasion d'une exposition de Jean-Michel Basquiat. Ce film documentaire a été tourné en 1999 donc à New York City. Il a été tourné et réalisé par Diedra Ariscale et Robin Kelly. Donc à la fin des années 90, euh, la galerie Tony Chafrasi à New York présente une exposition de peinture et de dessin de Jean-Michel Basquiat, qui était un un artiste qui est né en 1960 et qui est décédé en 1988. À l'occasion du du vernissage de l'exposition, Ted Jones rend un hommage à Jean-Michel Basquiat et lit le poème The Ladder of Basquiat, dédié à l'artiste. Ted Jones fait référence à une échelle invisible. De ses propres mots, l'échelle de Jean-Michel Basquiat était, je cite en anglais, « almost as wide as it was long and just as much right, just as much wrong », qui est une très belle euh, métaphore. Nous voyons dans ce ce film documentaire l'artiste et poète Laura Corsiglia, Paul Day Miller, qui est connu aussi sous le nom de DJ Spooky, Diedra et Yuko Otomo, Steve Dalachinsky et également Ouattara qui, euh, qui apparaissent donc dans le film aux côtés du, du public et de Ted Jones. Ted Jones aimait beaucoup les peintures de Jean-Michel Basquiat. Il ne l'a jamais rencontré pourtant et a toujours regretté cela. Ted Jones appréciait chez Basquiat sa qualité encyclopédique. Il incorporait dans ses œuvres des éléments liés au jazz ainsi que des détails de vie de Charlie Parker. Tout ce creuset et référence dans l'œuvre de Basquiat sont des questions qui ne sont pas nécessairement adressées en général quand on parle du travail de Jean-Michel Basquiat. Donc, ce dernier extrait, pour moi, est doublement important de par sa qualité historique et documentaire, mais aussi parce qu'il est un clin d'œil et un rappel sur notre propre perception de, de l'art des artistes et de l'histoire de l'art. Et cet extrait est aussi une manière de, de rappeler que... Que Basquiat, dans son œuvre et sa vie, avait cette qualité encyclopédique et que les liens avec le jazz et la poésie sont très, très, très importants. Donc, je vous laisse regarder cet extrait. Merci.
2: That'll be Clyde's. Wait a minute. You said Brad. I'm sorry. sorry. Invisible man. Right. here. Yeah. But also there's going to be, it's, I'm sorry, there's two things. Black boy
1: and Richard. You know, Richard yeah. I yeah. yeah. also, Because he begins yeah. the story yeah. of the yeah. man
2: with the turntables. So characters. Yeah. I don't know the next level is right. 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 yeah. It was DJ. I hadn't just, thought I about, to about. I mean, the way I did it was, uh, was impacting. The the <laughs> like, you know, if I were to do it again. I, mean, there, you know, I, mm-hmm. I can think about ways i would to do it again. You know, it's just sort of a bit exciting. It's like, yeah. I don't know if i ever do it again. I not you know if I'm do it again. not know i do I don't know The way I like the is Well, You in the you know, one and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. It
1: was fun. Yeah. I had a, it
3: have pinch So you,
4: do you find your poetry as No. I
2: I've done anything here for the Greek, and I'm using the word correctly, not the way they're using it in New York. Greek, international artist, Jean-Michel Basquiat. This is called Le Chel de Basquiat, The Letter of Basquiat. From Brooklyn was on an invisible ladder, was on an invisible ladder almost as wide as it was long, and just as much right, just as much wrong there. He missed his lifetime chance as he ascended the cold, high-class, gold ladder, slippery, slip, slippery, silver, wrong, greasy, with success. John with celebrations, Violi and Yahweh sent welcomes, and yet he was unyielding. Even the magic fetish figure, Captain Galerio, Captain Galerio, with broken and claw, sprints, sprouted, sprouted by head, feather to his air-conditioned hotel suite, could not convince him to this chance That stands in the Ivory Coast, to take a token tote in Ivory Church, a hipster-wise gesture to JC, JC, John Coltrane, that is, not the dude of BC and A.D., but for the bird. So smoke to CP on CP time, Charlie Parker time, Jazz Charles, Charles the First. Would it not have been better for he? (laughs) True. Would sell such raw, do well, sell art, energy like James Brown, popularity of Jimmy Hendrix, power of Muhammad Ali, C P R K R, a worthy homage to child, the part of the bird, undiscovered genius of the Mississippi Delta, and inside Negro, 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 Mississippi, 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 Mack, forget the a registered cow. Trademark.
0: je vous remercie de votre attention et de votre présence. Euh, si vous avez des questions, je serai heureuse de, d'essayer d'y répondre. Also for the ones speaking in English, if you have any questions, I would be happy to, uh, to answer them. Euh,
4: je voulais tout d'abord te remercier, vous remercier de, ce, de cette présentation qui je trouvais de euh, euh, véritable immersion dans, dans, dans un univers euh, À la fois drôle, poétique et musical. C'est, c'est, c'est très étonnant, je, je, je le découvre et je suis très, très touché par ce
1: que j'ai, ce que j'ai Merci.
4: Je voulais vous poser une question en fait sur, sur le, la quantité de, 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 de matière que, que vous avez visionnée, qui existe. Euh, et, et, et est-ce que c'est est-ce que c'est quelque part, est-ce que c'est dans des dans, dans, dans bibliothèques, est-ce que c'est uniquement chez, chez la compagne de Ted Jones et est-ce qu'il y a un projet par rapport à, ce, à l'archivage de ces, de ces, de ces documents
0: Donc en fait euh, c'est vrai que c'est une question qui est liée à des choses assez pratiques et à des choses concrètes euh, auxquelles on est confronté quand on fait de la recherche de manière indépendante aussi Même si là, dans le cadre de forums, on avait un, des outils, un levier pour vraiment activer cette recherche. Mais il s'avère qu'au fil des discussions, euh, moi j'ai fait des recherches par rapport au surréalisme dans les archives des archives de musées aux Pays-Bas, mais j'avais en parallèle une deuxième ligne de recherche qui était plus liée à de contacter des individus et, et activer des choses comme ça. Mais là le, le matériel qu'on a trouvé ici par rapport à l'Essève, c'était euh, neuf cassettes qui étaient dans l'archive, euh, qui sont euh, dans l'archive de Laura Corsiglia en Californie, au nord de San Francisco. Et au fil de, de nos recherches, on a, on a euh, pris connaissance de ces cassettes. Euh, on a décidé tout de suite de, d'enclencher un processus de digitalisation des cassettes. Et comme vous avez pu le voir au niveau esthétique, c'est vraiment un matériel assez brut aussi. Il n'y a pas de sous-titres, il n'y a pas de... Voilà, C'est vraiment du matériel d'archives qui est digitalisé. Euh, donc ces archives, elles sont là-bas. Et dans le processus de préparation du programme, on s'est nous-mêmes demandé... Euh, en fait, au total, il y a 9 cassettes. Euh, il y a huit films qui font à peu près une heure. Et il y en a un qui fait à peu près 30 minutes. Euh, on s'est nous-mêmes demandé euh, comment communiquer à un public par rapport à ce matériel parce que pour certains films on a vraiment euh, creusé, on savait même pas qui l'avait euh, tourné, qui l'avait fait. Euh, pour d'autres on a plus d'informations. Donc on a, on a commencé nous-mêmes à avoir une méthode où, où on n'a pas forcément utilisé des titres en fait pour les films et plus des descriptions. Euh, donc ça c'est hyper intéressant aussi au niveau de la recherche et, et comment parler de, de ce matériel. Euh, Pour répondre à la deuxième partie de votre question, euh, là on est dans le contexte de forum euh, de 154, mais bien entendu euh, c'est un travail qui va être poursuivi sur le long terme, et qui sera amené, euh, je l'espère, à être dans un contexte plus institutionnel, pour vraiment aussi confronter euh, ce matériel-là à à Ted Jones, mais aussi essayer de vraiment réfléchir à l'histoire de l'art, et à comment euh, décentrer euh, l'histoire de l'art telle qu'on la connaît, et telle qu'on l'a étudiée aussi, à l'université. Donc c'est vraiment là euh, ce que vous avez pu voir aujourd'hui. C'est vraiment une étape euh, dans un projet beaucoup plus long et euh, qui sera vraiment de longue haleine et, et sur les années, je pense. Oui. Ouais. Et, et au niveau publication euh, Les
4: livres, de
0: Il y en a plusieurs, il y en a beaucoup. Euh, Ted Jones a fait des euh, a fait des euh, publications comme celle qui est Double Trouble qui, euh, qui l'a vu notamment. Mais euh, un autre aspect qui est important à mentionner, c'est que Ted Jones a aussi euh, beaucoup euh, publié ses dessins et ses poèmes en fait euh, dans euh, des magazines surréalistes, On en a trouvé beaucoup, beaucoup. Euh, je pense notamment à euh, Brune Blonde, qui est un magazine surréaliste néerlandais. Il euh, y a donc euh, bien entendu La Brèche, euh, dans laquelle euh, Robert Benayoun l'a introduit. Euh, y a, il a publié aussi dans présence africaine. Enfin, il y a vraiment plein, plein, plein de ramifications et de liens. Donc, il y a tous ces magazines-là aussi qui, dans le processus de recherche, on les trouve, on les trouve de fil en aiguille et par ricochet en fait. Donc, c'est un matériel qu'on peut trouver, mais qui quand même, qui requiert beaucoup de recherche et de, et de trouver les connexions et des fils en fait. Ouais. Donc euh, voilà. Je voulais juste mentionner autre chose par rapport à demain, en fait, la suite du programme, parce qu'il y a vraiment un, un lien très fort. Demain, à partir de midi 15, on continue le programme de 154 Forum à la Bambouillard. Et euh, à partir de 12h15, et, euh, il y aura notamment une conférence de Joanna La Pavlik, qui est avec nous euh, ce soir, qui est euh, historienne de l'art, et qui va donner une conférence qui s'intitule « Ted Jones, voyageur surréaliste ». Et elle a fait un, un, tout un travail de recherche très très conséquent. Et, euh, et je pense que ça va être vraiment une perspective unique et intéressante en euh, contexte de forum, mais aussi ici au Maroc. Voilà, je vous remercie.